you have to bear in mind that so much of what we know about the Al-Rabbah, the rest of the liberation, comes from the, the Beis Rebbe. The Beis Rebbe was made by a big chassid. He wasn't a Lubavitcher chassid, he was a Liadir chassid, but he was a Chabad chassid. And um, I saw that in the Sefer Atoldis, Rabbi Glitzenstein, Chaneich Glitzenstein, considers him a source. But clearly he has things mixed up. There's no question. For starters, we, like I told you last time, that we now know that the involvement of the Misnagdim directly in Al-Tarebbe the rest was the second one, not the first one. Avig de Pinskid, who's called in the documents, which are now available, Ben Chaim, Chaimovich, the Rav of Pinsk, was involved in Al-Tarebbe's case the second time around. The first time Al-Tarebbe was arrested, the government of Russia Pasha had no idea why they were arresting him. They, they got these letters from Hirsch Ben Baruch. <coughs> it's still a mystery. Was Hirsch Ben Baruch a front for a Misnagdish plot? We don't know. Again, this is all last time. Al-Tareb himself was asked, does he know Hirsch Ben Baruch? And Al-Tareb lists a bunch of Hirshid and a bunch of Ben Baruchs. He says, but I certainly don't know Hirsch Ben Baruch, and I certainly, certainly do not know Hirsch Ben Baruch from Vilna. It's very interesting how Al-Tareb's memory is working over there while he's sitting in jail. So, the facts, the diuk, how they happened, are not absolutely clear. Again, this is like I said to you before, this is from the base Rebbe. Some of it, of course, is Sihis, but for the most part, it's in the base Rebbe. That the story is that they, a black child drove into Vilna, to Lajna, and it went to the police station. Somebody once told me in a shir that they used to call it the Black Mary, or the other name. The black chariot was infamous, it was famous because this was a chariot, it was a wagon that was used to take away criminals, prisoners, accused of crimes against the state. Treason. And as soon as such a wagon shows up in any city, let alone a shtetl, like Lajna, everybody is filled with fear. Everybody understood that this is very, very serious. The, the representative of the police, of the government, with his group of militia went into the police station. They met with the police chief, and the police chief told them that uh, now with a Yiddish Yomtif, and there were a lot of Chassidim in that year, and that they should wait till after Yomtif. And he did. And he, he explained to them that the Al-Tarev is not the kind of man who's going to run away. Isru Chag Hasukas, they came to arrest Al-Tarev. They came to arrest him, and he actually did run away. And he ran away based on the Apostle Chagi Rega Adyavezab. There's an idea of postponing something. You wait a minute, it's a better thing. He met Shmuel Munkus. Shmuel Munkus advised him to go back and be arrested. He went back and he was arrested and so forth. When al got into the black chariot, he asked, said there were soldiers sitting opposite him, and soldiers sitting beside him. He asked, has anybody ever gone away with this black chariot and come back alive? And he was told that yes. And al took that as a very, very positive simon. It relaxed al Now in the Beis Rebbe it's written that before the al left, the al said that they should send a pidyon, send to Hilika, but did it off, he should make a pidyon after. Had it been a year before, he would have sent it to the Bnochem Shonobelech. But Bnochem Shonobelech had passed away. He said, send to the to make a pidyon. And he also instructed one of his relatives, it was a, from his wife's family. His name was Abisol Kozik. He was apparently married to the al wife's sister, al sister-in-law. He was dressed like a foreigner. He was dressed not like a Russian, but like a German, like a Western European. And al told him that he should go to Petrburg, to the capital, just the way he was dressed. Now in other sources, I think this says, the al gave instructions 
This, I think, is even in Tere Shalom. Al gave instructions about a whole group of chassidim, ten chassidim, that they should not be allowed to go to Petaburg. Al Tareb had chassidim who were very, very big Balmadregen. And Medach Zech, it says in Tere Shalom, that Al Tareb said that he listed ten chassidim, they shouldn't go to Petaburg. He says, they'll go to Petaburg, they'll say, Fabren in Gans Petaburg, they'll burn the city down, whatever that means. And Al Tareb said, Does his nishta kavona? Our attitude is not that we burn the city down, so they should not be allowed to go to Petaburg. In other words, Al-Tarebbe wants to go through this. One of those chassidim was the Michal Apotzke. And Al-Tarebbe left with these uh, soldiers. Now, first of all, the Maisem at the Badichev which is famous, that they sent a shliach to Badichev. And Badichev is very far away from Lajna. Badichev is not around the corner. Badichev is in the Ukraine. And he arrived in Badichev, all panicky, all emotional, looking to the Badichev at all. He told the Badichev that I wanted to steer them at They arrested al And as I told you last time, along with the rest of al they arrested Kama Vakama Chsidim from Vilna and Shklov, and also another Chsidish Rebbe, whose name I can't remember, was arrested against al Most of them were not brought to Petaburg. Most were kept either in Vilna or on, on, in a prison on the road as the government was trying to ascertain exactly uh, what was going on? They were not sure exactly what was going on. And um, so the Shleich came to Badichev, and the Badichev asked, What's the Alter Rebbe's name and his mother's name? So Badichev asked, what's his, what's his mother's name? His name is Shnei Zambi Gesen Damame. So the Shleich said he forgot to ask. So the Badichev opened up a Chumash. And it came out to Parshas Miketz. Shever means food. But Shever is interpreted as hope also. And the Badichev Rav said that Shever is Rashtev is Shneir Ben Rifkia. Now, why is it not Ben Rochel? <laughs> but he, the Badichev is Shneir Ben Rifkia. I'll tell you the case of Ben Rifkia. And the Badichev is Shetach Rod Apidya Nefesh. But Negeet Rebisol Kozik. Rebisol Kozik was Russian. He was not German. He was dressed in German outfits for whatever reason. And he turned around to the Hasidim and he said, what should I do? I do not have legal rights to live in Petterburg. Petterburg was a big city. Jews then, and as time went on, these Gezeris would get worse, were not allowed to live in Petterburg. Jews were not allowed to live in big cities. The only Jews who were allowed to live in big cities were Jews who were given a special permission. In other words, you needed a domestic passport. In America, such a thing does not exist. You needed a passport to be in a particular city within your own country. And Jews had a lot of restrictions about where they could live. So we saw cause access to the Chassidim. The Rebbe says, I should go to Petaburg right now. The way I'm dressed, I don't have a passport. So there was a Chassid there who had rights to live in Petaburg. So he said to so Kozik, here's my passport. Problem is, now he's carrying somebody else's name. He came to Petaburg. In Petaburg, there were a group of Chassidim who had rights to live there. Some of them were well-to-do, business people. The most famous chassid of the was a Petaburg was a chassid by the name of Ramot Chalepler. Um, and Ramot Chalepler was sort of the strong house. That's where the meetings took place. That's where the chassidim sat and conferred and they, they um, consulted about how to deal with Alter Rebbe's case. The Rishol Kozik comes to Petaburg. He goes to Ramot Chalepler's house. He says, the Rebbe said I should come to Petaburg. What should I do? So the Mord Chalepla and the other Chassidim told him, the Rebbe told him, get on a horse and ride the streets. Just ride around. And we'll see what happens. The Chassidim made three committees. 
one committee was responsible Pasha, to support the family of the Rebbe, to make sure that they had what they needed in terms of food, in terms of emotional support. Their responsible was the Mishpach. Al Rebbe's family was not that old at that time. The Mital Rebbe in Nun Zayin was approximately 23. Yeah? 20, he was not that old. This was Nuntes. He was 25. Yeah. Um, 25 in those days is like today, Mishama 40, but at least. But uh, nevertheless, the family was not that big. And there was a committee set responsible to um, look at Al Rebbe's family. There was a second committee who undertook to continue the work of spreading Hasidus. In other words, the Hasidim right away, their reaction to Al-Tarebbe's arrest was to do more to strengthen the Moses of Hasidim. And the third was responsible to get Al-Tarebbe released. Getting the Al-Tarebbe released was very, very complicated. You have to remember, this is not a democracy. This is an autocracy, which was particularly anti-Semitic. And uh, they, you were guilty until proven innocent, there's no question about it. And getting information was difficult. People Pasha, didn't talk to you. Went to an office and was, it, it took days for the chassidim of the Pasha to discover that the Al-Tareb is alive. So the first thing the committee undertook was to raise money. Raise money, they're not even sure for what. You have access to money in case there's a need to give a bribe. The money is available, you don't have to wait. So they sent around shluchim to every city with the chassidim that every chassid has to make a list of all of his valuables, everything he owned that's valuable, whether it's a becher or it's jewelry or it's leichter. One of the famous things that Hasidim say, I don't know if this is true, but this has been said so many times, that the reason Lababach Hasidim don't wear ataras and their talis is that when Al-Tareb was arrested, all the Hasidim took off their ataras and they sold them and the money was used for the Al-Tareb's sake. And since that time, the ataras were never put back on. As they, that's what they say. Um, somehow that doesn't sound right to me. It really doesn't sound right to me. People used to say the same thing about Ksodim for a Sefer Teda until one fine day they would put a cast on a Sefer Teda. You know, when, when Mashiach Sefer Teda, they put a crown on a Sefer Teda. It was unheard of in Lubavitch a crown on a Sefer Teda. People thought the crown on a Sefer Teda is Chitzenius and the Rebbe bought the most beautiful crown. It became a mini Chabad. Every Sefer Teda has a crown. I, I think that not wearing a Torah Sefer Teda is not having no sukkah, you know. <laughs> A sukkah is supposed to be beautiful, like a house is beautiful. You don't hang pomegranates in the ceiling of your dining room, so why should you hang the ceiling of your sukkah? So in other words, when you say that a talus is supposed to be beautiful, it's supposed to be the talus itself, not something that you add to the talus. I don't know, but this is what people say, that there was at that time, that the took off their atadis, and they used it to get money. And they raised, in theory, a lot of money. In other words, they didn't actually take anything from anybody. They simply had at their disposal names of people, and the wealth that they possessed, um, and the idea was, if they would ever need it, it would be delivered. Chassidim made very, very incredible takonos. People who could fasted Monday and Thursday. They were mavakal, all simchas. There was no simchas, no chasmas, no nothing. And the mood by the chassidim was that every chassid has to sit with his family and his community and explain to them how great the Alter Rebbe is, the sakona the Alter Rebbe is, and how important it is the Hasidim have to serve the Ebishter in such a way which will bring about the Alter Rebbe's release. Those who could fasted every single day, mamish, six days a week. And uh, we know of Hasidim. Sometimes we know their names, sometimes we don't know their names. That were elder Hasidim, not young men, who fasted and they were not physically able to fast. And some of them passed away. There's a famous story about a Hasid who passed away a few days before Yetas Kislev. 
And before he died, and he pushed it fast away from fasting, he told his friends that Al Khadab is going to be released from prison. And when he's released, they have to come to my oil, my grave, and say, Lechayim. And he came to his friends in the night of Yitas Kislev and says that they're releasing the Alter Rebbe. Don't forget. When they found out a few days later, but he came to them in a dream right away that the Rebbe is released from prison. In route to Peterburg, it became Friday afternoon. And Alter Rebbe was from. So the student was Chatei Sayyim. He asked the Nachalnik, the officer who was responsible for his safe delivery to Peterburg that he wants to stop for Shabbos. So he told the Alter Rebbe, you are a prisoner. Prisoners have no rights. So it's nothing to talk about. They drove a little bit further and one of the axles, one of the, the sticks that keeps the wheels together, snapped. So they had to uh, stop, pull over to the side of the road, take everybody off the coach, remove the axle, go to a nearby town and have a blacksmith fix it. They came back, they put it onto the wagon and they kept on going. And then a little while later the horse died. So the guy realized that these are not coincidental. In other words, if the Altarebbe does not want to travel Shabbos, he's not traveling Shabbos. So they pulled over to the side of the road and they spent Shabbos on the side of the road. What's interesting about this story is that this spot where Altarebbe spent that Shabbos is right next to the Chassidish Shtat Nevel. Nevel is one of the most famous Chassidish cities. Nevel is famous for a certain type of Chassidish personality. A Chassidish personality which was a big heart, lions, mamish. They, they had minds also, but they're famous for their hearts. And right near the city of Neville is this spot where Altarebbe spent Shabbos. And Avais Tois, that it was in the Schus that Altarebbe spent Shabbos there, that this, the city of Neville became what Neville would later become. And the Neville didn't knew the spot where Altarebbe spent Shabbos. How did they know it? Because the entire area outside Neville is is desolate. It's it's dry rock. There's nothing growing. And right in the middle is an oasis. There's a spot where there's a beautiful tree and there's grass and it's very beautiful. And the Beholder Alter who was a Mashpiel Lubavitcher. He passed away in 1910. The Beholder Alter in 1910. The Beholder Alter knew from childhood. He was a kid. He heard from the Alter of Sidim who had been alive at the time of Alter Rebbe's arrest that this was a spot that Alter Rebbe had spent Shabbos. With Alter Rebbe spent Shabbos there was a certain brocha. Al-Tarebbe came to Peterborg and he was kept in the Peterborg in the Peter Paul Fortress. The Peter Paul Fortress is an island. It's a palace. It's a castle. A castle, of course, is for the sake of safety. That if there's an attack, you can retreat to the castle and it's very easy to defend because the walls come almost up to the edge of the island. I mean, you can see how it's designed. And it's a wall within a wall. It's, it's a real, real medieval castle. You understand before the age of the airplane that if you put up thick enough walls your enemies cannot get through and um, in the walls of the Peter Paul fortress there are cells some of them are above ground some of them are below ground but whatever your situation was there were no windows so you had no idea whether it was day or it was night the cells were quite small you can no longer see those cells because those cells were burnt in a fire and they were rebuilt Artificially, today the Russians know that this spot is Chosh of Tchsidim. You understand? They know it's it's a tourist attraction. People come and people pay money to see it. So they try to give the impression, make it look like the Alter Rebbe was there, but it's not the same. The rooms that they rebuilt are much much larger. How come I'm telling you this? Because the previous Rebbe went to Petropavlovsk. He went there and he visited the room. He was in the actual Chayd when Alter Rebbe was arrested before the fire. 
And when he came back to Lubavitch, his father, the Rebbe Rashab, asked him if there's enough room for three men to stand in that room together. Because we know that during the Rebbe's arrest, he was visited by the Holy Magid and the Helik of But Gashmis, the goof, and he wanted enough to push it physically enough room for three people. You look at the rooms as they are today, you can put two minyanim in those rooms. So it was clearly different than it is right now. Now, understand that the government of Russia arrested Al-Tanebe. They really did not appreciate how powerful Al-Tanebe was, how great he was, how respected he was. Moreover, they didn't even know why they arrested him. They had no idea why. Someone wrote a letter, accused him of being involved with the Turks, with the Ottoman Empire, which was Russia's competition to the south. So they arrested Al-Tanebe on, on a just-in-case, you know. So they themselves needed to figure out who this man was. So different people started visiting the Al-Tanebe. Um, and of course, there are famous stories about these different personalities who visited the Al-Tanebe. One of the people who visited the Al-Tanebe was the Minister of Culture. And culture and religion went together. Why? Because he heard that the Al-Tanebe is very, very intelligent. And it's known that the Al-Tanebe, Lahavul Elf of was not only great in Chochmas Atayra, the Al-Tanebe was also great in Chochmas Chitsenius, in Chochmas Umis. He knew a lot of mathematics and astronomy. He was very known. Bechayev that he had all of these ideas. So he came to see the Al-Tareb. The Al-Tareb made an incredible impression upon him. An incredible impression upon him. Not just his Chochmah, but his Mahus. I mean, he saw the Al-Tareb. And he realized that this is not a Pashat person. He was not in a position to unilaterally release the Al-Tareb. I'm not saying that he was a lover of Jews, but he certainly was a lover of the Shmuz. He would come and sit and talk to the Al-Tareb. He talked about all kinds of different issues. Theological issues, practical issues, and so on. And of course, the famous exchange that this uh, minister of culture had with Alter Rebbe was the story with Ayaka, which has been repeated, come upon the Rebbe repeated the story with Ayaka. The story is Ayaka is the Buddha. That he came to the Alter Rebbe and he asked Alter Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe could tell him Pshat in the Pasuk in Chumash, where it's written that when Adam and Chava ate from Eitadas Tevara and the Rebbe Shtekhayachal was uh, not happy. So the Abishta came to other Marishan, He says to other Marishan, where are you? So he asked the Alter Rebbe, what does it mean that the Abishta is asking other Marishan? Ayaka doesn't Abish know where other Marishan is? So the Alter Rebbe told him what Rashi says, When Hashem says to other Marishan, Ayaka, he's just trying not to frighten him. So um, the minister says to Alter Rebbe, what Rashi says, I know. He was a idea. They knew, they knew, they knew Teresh Balpeh also. I want to know if you have a more meaningful pshat. So the Alter Rebbe said to this guy, tell me, do you believe in the Ebeshter? He said, yes. Do you believe in Ashkoch Pratis? Do you believe that everything that happens in the world is precise? And, but with a divine hand? He said, yes. Alter Rebbe says, do you believe that the Torah is eternal? That the messages of the Torah apply to all people at all times and all places? And he said, yes. And the Altareb was very happy with that answer. And the Altareb said, If you are such a believer, then I'm going to answer. And the Altareb told him as follows, that Ayaka is a repeated call. That at every moment, at every place, to each person, the Eibishter is saying to you, to each individual, you have lived so many, so many years, so many, so many months, so many, so many days, so many, so many hours, so many, so many minutes. And the Altarebbe said the precise age of this minister. How old he was and how many months he was and how many weeks he was. It was very, it was clear. 
And the Eibush says to you, Ayaka, where are you in terms of fulfilling the mission? Fushu Neshama came into this world. And the guy was incredibly moved by this. So the Alta Rebbe, the Fidik Rebbe, the the Bodem, adds a fire they can want. And there's a lot of details to this one, but the Toichen of it is as follows. That the Alta Rebbe was sitting in jail. For the Alta Rebbe personally, sitting in jail was the greatest Tainer, the greatest Nachasruch. The Fidik Rebbe says in Asichet, when the Alta Rebbe was in jail, he lacked absolutely nothing. He had everything he needed. He didn't need this Svarim, yes. Connection to the Abish that he had any place in the world. In addition to everything, the Lashon that he brings is that he even had the Indian of Big Day Shabbos. Al Rebbe had a Shmata, a Nostichel, a kerchief, which he took along with him. And Friday before Shabbos, he would put it on. And Madame got Echad from Big Day Shabbos, you know. For you and me, Big Day Shabbos says he comes to Shulder in a nice suit for a, for, a, for a Yid, a real Yid. Big Day Shabbos, a Yid Ruchli, a Lavush, and so on. And Al Rebbe had a Filo for Big Day Shabbos. So he's sitting in jail. He's lacking nothing. And he says to himself, I have this chutz of sitting in jail for the Baal Shem Tov. We know the famous story that later on, he would say to the Baruch Mezhubuzhe, who was the Baal Shem Tov's Baruch Mezhubuzhe said, I'm the Baal Shem Tov's grandson. So Alter Rebbe said, if you're the Baal Shem Tov's grandson, why did I go to jail for your grandfather? You should have gone to jail. If the Teretz, you are the biological grandson, I am the real grandson. I'm the Ruchni Yizdika grandson. So the Alter Rebbe was thinking, what kind of Zuchus he has that of all the Talmudia Maggit, he is the one who's going to jail for Teresa Balshemtiv. So he could have passed away from Kalei Sanefesh. He pushed a title, sitting in jail. And when he said to this Russian goy, Ayaka, he said it to himself. It woke him up and made him realize that Leilu Teo Barala Shevis Yitzara, a person has to want to live. You have to make a dira betachtainim. And the ayaka affected not only the guy, but the Al-Tarebbe said the ayaka affected him also that he should ask himself this question, what he needs to continue doing in terms of making a dira leis barach betachtainim. It's very powerful. What's the Hemshech HaSipur? The Hemshech HaSipur is that there's two parts. One part is chassidim gathered betachtainim, those who could, and they push it one enough he's still alive. They don't know what they did with him. And no one's giving any information. They're giving bribes. They're trying to use their connections. It's, it's impossible to get any information. And this is driving people crazy. You're talking about how many days, Mistama a week. I can't tell you how many days it was, but it was a Kama Yomim that they pushed did not know if he was alive. So what happens is, this guy, because of his Hakada Satev, this minister of, of, of culture, for all the good that Al-Tareb was giving him in terms of Chochmah, said to Al-Tareb, what can I do for you? So Al-Tareb told him, you can inform my chassidim that I'm alive. So he says to Al-Tareb, I can't tell who's a chassid, who's a mistake. they look exactly the same. They all have beards, they all were from a yidin. He says, you go out into the streets, you'll find a yid dressed in, Ger- in German outfit, in foreign clothes. His name is Yisrael Kozik. He's one of us, you could tell him. So this minister gets on his horse and he goes traveling on the street. And he bumps his old Kozik, who was also driving around on a horse. And he walks up to him and tells him, what's your name? So his old Kozik tells him the name and the passport that he was holding. Because if he tells him his true name, he can get arrested. So the minister looks at him and says, you're a liar, and drives away. And his old Kozik goes back to the strong house of Sidon, and he tells them what happened. That a minister stops him on the street, asks him his name, he says his name is his old Kozik, and his old, whatever... Whatever his name was, plenty been plenty, he tells him, you're a liar. So the chassidim said, go out again, and if he'll ask you again, tell him the truth. 
And the next day he went out again and he meets him. What's your name? He saw Gozik. He says, follow me. And this guy drives through the streets of Petabur. They come to some kind of an estate. And the guy goes out, goes into a, some kind of a, a you know, a, whatever it is, a, a, a stone wall. And the Yid is waiting outside. A little while later, a, a window opens on the second floor and a piece of paper comes fluttering down to the sidewalk. He picks up a piece of paper and on the piece of paper it says in Alter Rebbe's own handwriting, Shema Yisrael Hashem Malakeinu Hashem Echad. That's how Chassidim found out that Alter Rebbe was alive. The Nochag Ben Nochamaisi. Alter Rebbe wasn't eating anything because of kashlus. And of course, the assumption of the government was that Alter Rebbe is not eating because he's taking a political prisoner. In other words, the accusations are real. And Alter Rebbe is not eating because when political prisoners are taken, they either don't eat because they want to commit suicide or they don't eat because they want to be heard. There's some kind of a political, there's a devious reason why they're not eating. They asked Al-Tarebbe why he's not eating. He said, it's not kosher. They didn't believe him. They thought this is a game. So after four or five days, Al-Tarebbe was starving. They got four or five goyim to physically force feed him. Force feed him. They, they held him down and they started pulling open his mouth. Al-Tarebbe is a rotfim. Al-Tarebbe is a rebbe. And he... he he resisted. He refused to eat. He kept his mouth closed as hard as they tried. And it was obviously very noisy. Four or five people holding on a man who's resisting. This minister of culture happens to walk by. And hears roughing and screaming from the Alter Rebbe's cell. So he goes into the cell. And he says, stop, what are you doing? And they tell him that they're force feeding him because he refuses to eat because he's a a criminal accused of crimes against the state, he's trying to take his own life. So this minister says, I know this man. Such people you don't talk to like this. He tells him to leave. He says to al what's the story? He says, I can't eat, it's not kosher. So he, ta- he can't learn. He tells the al uh, If a person takes his own life, he has no Kashus is one of the three, is not one of the three avers, Yehudu Yavir. See, you lose your Elam Haba. So al said, I'll lose my Elam Haba, but I'm not going to eat today. So he said to the Alter Rebbe, is there any way I could provide you with kosher food that you would eat? Alter Rebbe said, yeah. The problem is you don't know how accurate what's written in Beis Rebbe is, but this goes into the Gede Pasha of, 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 of Masiyach Lefitumi. When you can trust the guy about kashas? He says, if you will go to the Mart Lepler and you will personally ask him for kosher food, and you will personally bring the food to me, and it won't be touched by any other hands but yours, and you don't touch the food at all. Not when you deliver it to me. And not when you take back the leftovers. I will eat. But then he says to this minister, I cannot eat anymore. My stomach is completely shriveled. But male, I need to eat food that can be mafateich my bnei I need eingemacht. Eingemacht is a kind of food concoction. I don't know exactly what it is. Like an applesauce kind of. And if you'll bring me applesauce from an Amartcha Lepler and you'll give me your word that only you touched it. And you didn't touch it at all. You just brought it to me. I'll eat so he comes to the Mordechal Lepler. He says, the Mordechal Lepler, I need kosher eingemacht, kosher fruit concoction. Of course, Chassidim immediately got excited. They figured this must be for the Alter Rebbe. But when he asked for whom it is, it says, this is not your business. You prepare it. So they prepared the eingemacht. They put on the bottom a note. And the note said, uh, we would like to know who's eating this eingemacht. The Alter Rebbe got it. And he ate it. And he left some over. And he explained to the guy the reason he's leaving some over because in Hilchas Derecheret it says you're not supposed to eat till the bottom. You're supposed to leave over a little bit of the food. 
But underneath that little bit, he put the note back. And on the note he wrote that the one in the Zangamach of Shnei is Amben Rivka. And that they should immediately send the Shliach to Vilna. They should immediately send the Shliach to Vilna. So now they had a means of communication with Amben Rivka. Because he was bringing the food. 